There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome to the Eternity Archives, where we play interdimensional archivists that try to help keep the multiverse in order, but some of us can't even keep our shoes in order. I have no idea who that could possibly be about. <laughs> my name is Kite, my pronouns are they, them, and I play Real de Drakel, a tiefling baby, and I'm also the anchor for this arc. Since we're doing Monster of the Week, and I want to be cute, I'm going to ask my co-host topical questions to fit our theme. This week, I want to know what monster do you guys want there to be a new movie about? Because I suck, and I'm boring. Uh, I just want gay werewolves. I basically just want Teen Wolf, but good. And I don't know if we'll ever get that. So, I'm Dorka. My pronouns are she, her. My character is Zen, the monstrous lizard lady. I think she's nice. Thank you. <laughs> I would want to see a movie about, like, the Loch Ness Monster, the Ogopogo, some sort of big sea monster. I don't think there are enough of those. What the fuck's an Ogopogo? I was gonna say, I've never heard of that. Isn't that that band Danny Elfman was in? Do you guys know about <laughs> Champy? Yes. Okay, Ogopogo is just Champy in a different Canadian lake. What's a Champy? Okay, Champy is the Lake Champlain monster. It's the Loch Ness Monster in Lake Champlain. Loch Ness Monster, Ogopogo, and Champy are all plesiosaurid-type monsters slash cryptids. It's actually the same one, but they just have, like, an underground metro system that just, like, ports <laughs> them around the world. Sea monster tunnels. Maybe that's what the movie's about. That'd be cute. Okay. I'd watch sea monster tunnels. <laughs> so I'm Ziva. My pronouns are she, her. My, my character is Linda, the spooky human office lady. And I wish there was a movie about the Hatbox Ghost from the Haunted Mansion at Disney World because Hatbox Ghost is my favorite theme park cryptid who's actually real now. Hallelujah. What's a Hatbox Ghost? Do you say it's real? I mean, it's not a real ghost. It's a real like figure in the Haunted Mansion. Oh, so you don't actually believe in the hatbox ghost? No, I do not. What if they're listening right now? They're an animatronic, so that would be kind of spooky and fucked up. Maybe that's what the movie's about. He finds the internet and he's like, I hate this! <laughs> don't at me! <laughs> <laughs> so what is the hatbox ghost? So there was this like effect that didn't work very well, where a guy had like a hatbox and then his head would disappear and appear in the box. And it was like, ah, headless ghost, very spooky. And everyone thought it was made up for a while because there was like a single picture of it from like 19 Dickety 2 and then it like disappeared. <laughs> and recently they found like video footage of the hatbox ghost and we're like, oh my God, it did actually exist. And then Disney was like, haha, you guys are fun. And they put it back in the Haunted Mansion because like people started getting really excited about the hatbox ghost. Well, I feel like I need to rewrite my monster for this campaign because it's not as interesting as a, a world-traveling sea monster or a box hat man. <laughs> 
So last week, uh, we did an overview on the mechanics of Mon Week. Still gonna make that a thing. And we did a bit of setting the stage. Uh, Linda and Zen got beamed into the quaint little town of Sweetgrass, where they were greeted by a woman named Miriam Gim, who is the library's contact. Uh, apparently, there's been some high schoolers who have disappeared right as the town is about to celebrate the summer solstice. And hopefully now we're going to learn a little bit more about what the heck's going on, um, or else it'd be a really boring podcast. So you guys head upstairs. It's just like a straight hallway with some rooms. And at the end is kind of a more intricate looking door. And it has a plaque that says Miriam Gim. So you guys enter and there's a desk and some bookshelves and then a seating area with like velvet couches. And it's like the the fancy looking shit. This place like looks goth as heck. Dark oak, dim lighting. Very pale woman. Yeah, and she's just sitting there with her legs crossed. So Zen will just take her drink and sit down. I think she'll kind of lounge herself across the double seater. Wait, is she like laying down? She's making herself comfortable. What does that mean? She's lounging. (laughs) She takes her bra off and throws it across the room and (laughs) takes her shoes off. Is she like laying with lounging with the sword still on her? I forgot about the sword. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yes. Okay. And I guess Linda would take the other seat? Yeah, Linda, I think, would more pull together take the other seat. She also has her shoes on the couch because she is an animal. Oh my god. And I think Linda maybe would give you a look and like if it's close enough, give you like a little tap on the shoes. Like, were you raised in a barn? Get your shoes off the couch. I don't think she's ever worn shoes before. So I guess guess, uh, Zen would just be like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Mira would just be like, uh, feet on the the upholstery is fine, but please leave your shoes on the floor. (laughs) She'll just readjust so that her feet are not on the couch. Thank you very much. And it's not like a sarcastic or even like condescending. Like she just seems to genuinely be like very polite. You definitely look like you're out of town and strange. So she's probably like accounting for some of that. I trust that Tyler made drinks that fit your expectations. Linda's like face deep in the margarita and goes, mmm, gives like a, like a thumbs up, like the universal, like this is great, but I'm not taking it out of my mouth. We are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) We are just like, oh, my like very sophisticated secret beneficiaries are just like, they sent me these people. Yeah, they sent you, it's five o'clock somewhere and the lizard raised in a barn. She takes a sip out of her glass, which looks to be like a very dark red wine, and she asks, So what exactly do you know about our situation here? Zen is kind of savage, but she's not, like, dumb. When she has information, she can put it together. So she says, Well, I assume it has something to do with these uh, missing children. Yes, Sweetgrass is definitely a special town, especially for me. We have some supernatural going-ons occasionally, but it's all small incidents here and there. A couple missing cattle, some missing pets, sometimes missing people, but they're usually runaways. They can all be explained away very easily, but this is a little too much to explain. It, It doesn't make any sense. So, to sort of bring you into the fold here, my Midnight Velvet is the most prestigious bar in Sweetgrass, but it also doubles as a home for wayward supernaturals, and here I protect them, which is why it is up to me to watch over this town for any supernatural going-ons that I assume is what your employer is interested in. 
I think at this point Linda would be paying really close attention. She's a little confused about what Wayward Supernaturals actually means. Because, again, most of her exposure to supernatural stuff is from watching scary movies and reading Stephen King when she was a teenager. So she's imagining, like, the bartender downstairs is, like, an evil clown spider transformer <laughs> monster. And she's, like, really confused about this concept. But the library trusts Miriam. So she's, like, begrudgingly trying to understand what's going on. I mean, do you have any questions for her? Or are you just, like, nodding slowly as you, like, slather this salt rim of, like, margarita in your face? I think it's more like that. And I think at this point she's more, like, taking, like, little sips from, like, the side of her mouth while she's listening. She's trying to be like, I'm paying attention. I'm doing my best. She'll probably have some questions at the end. But right now she's just kind of processing. This is actually, this makes more sense to Zen. Weird shit, supernatural stuff. Sure, you know, it happens. While she doesn't really get it when she's, like, outside, this is the sort of thing that she can accept easily enough. Your employers give me finances to manage my property here. In return, I inform them of any supernatural going-ons that I suspect are occurring. For the most part, there's not much to speak of. However, yesterday some teenagers went missing, and there's been no evidence of where they could be. This is a small town. There are restless children who grow up and want to leave. People who suddenly up and go to leave town is, is not particularly strange. However, these were seniors in high school who had no reason to disappear like that. And as ignorant and useless as some of the law enforcement in this town can be, it wouldn't make sense that they can't find any evidence whatsoever. And it is suspicious that they had just come down from a secret party that all the teenagers were having fun at. So Zen kinda swirls her martini in the glass, takes a sip, and leans forward a little bit and says, The bartender downstairs said something about a car? You say that in a way that makes her like, does she not know what a car is? Yes. <laughs> okay. She kind of like looks at you kind of like with intrigue and she's like, are you not from here? Obviously you're not from Sweetgrass, but uh, are you from this? Zen's going to let Linda field this one. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda looks over at Zen and gets the message and leans forward and really delicately says something like, well, we're from a couple different places, but let's just say the library recruits all types. What's this about these kids? Was there something at the party that was weird? Did the car just, I don't know, eat them or something? Linda's like, this is like totally out of her depth. <laughs> Did the car eat them? Hey, that's a Stephen King novel. Wait, does the car eat people? I thought it just ran people over. Well, that was Christine. From a Buick 8, the car ate Okay, so this does definitely fit Linda's backstory of her experience with the supernatural, but also, if you tell me literally any dumb bullshit and say it's a Stephen King story, <laughs> I'm like, that sounds right. You're like, there's a Stephen King story where, like, bubblegum becomes a person with the lost soul of someone's angry grandma. I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so Vera's kind of, like, looking between the two of you. Not, like, judgingly. <laughs> she should be. <laughs> She, yeah, she's not, like, judging Zen for possibly being from some place that doesn't have cars. Like, she is a distinguished, well-traveled woman who's experienced all kinds of cultures. And she kind of takes what Linda says in stride, it seems like. And she's like, uh, as for the party, I wasn't there myself, of course. This was a gathering and event for the high schoolers and college students. However, some of my employees were there. The reason I suspect that there are 
is something strange occurring here is what she witnessed. And so as she says that, you hear the door open very slowly. And if you look towards the door, there is the girl who was mopping the floors downstairs from earlier. She pokes her head in and she's like, um, Miss Miriam, is it, is this an okay time or did, should I? Miriam just kind of like waves her in like, ah, yes, yes, Freya dear, come in, please take a seat to make yourself comfortable. These are my associates. They're here to hopefully find out what happened to Miss Plume and Mr. Hammer. And so Freya sits next to Zen and she's just like very tense and she's got like her hands clasped in her lap and Miriam's just like, go on dear, tell them what you told me. Freya is just like, so uh, we got invited to this party and I mean, you know, it was just supposed to be like, like a summer festival type party. Like we were just hanging out and, you know, just, just kind of goofing off. Like people were getting drunk and stuff. She kind of looks at you guys like, are you guys narcs? <laughs> Linda would give her a reassuring smile back, like, it's okay, I'm cool, do your thing. Linda's also, like, face deep in a margarita. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Linda's not a narc about anyone else's drinking habits at all. So when she sees that you guys are, like, cool, she's like, because school just, just ended, and so, you know, like, a bunch of the, the seniors who had just graduated, they, they, you know, they were celebrating and, and stuff like that, and then, like, like around midnight, I guess, I think, I, I wasn't, I wasn't super paying attention to the, um, the time, but then a bunch of girls were just sort of, um, talking about, like, a rumor about, about the tree, I, I mean, have you, do you know about the, the tree? We do not know about the tree. So in the mayor's backyard, there's like a big tree and it's like a really important tree. It's like the tree that the town was founded with. And people say it's like, it's like been there for hundreds of years. And like, uh, every year it, it always has like a a really bountiful, you know, like harvest. And, and people say that's like, uh, it's like good luck. And, and the tree watches over us and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of like, uh, rumors and stuff like that about, about sometimes you can, you know, pray to the tree and it'll like help you and, and give you good luck and so they were like joking around about finding like spells online and maybe trying some weird stuff um and i I don't and then you know a couple hours later betsy and mark left the party and then that's the last time anyone saw them but but i don't know i don't really know i don't really know what happened it is kind of suspicious you know and they kind of like look away her eyes are like drilled on the floor she does not want to look at anyone So Linda's kind of suspicious. She's usually pretty good at reading people and not wanting to meet someone's gaze while you're telling them a story about a party and you're a teenager means that like (laughs) there's something more to it. Uh-huh. So I think Linda would want to, um, oh wait, I can just say I do it. Linda uses her telepathy to investigate a mystery and see if there's something going on that she isn't telling us. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of like peer into her mind. Yes. I'm not putting things, I'm not incepting her. I just want to like look at the details and see if there's anything she's hiding from us on purpose. I have a minus one sharp, so this is going to be good. (laughs) I rolled a nine. Minus one is an eight. So on a 10 plus on investigate a mystery, you can hold two 
And what that means is generally there's effects for these moves. And so specifically for investigate a mystery, you have questions you can ask. When it says hold two, it means you can ask two questions in regards to this specific scene. The holds only last as long as they're relevant. If you were like tomorrow, you're at like the other end of town, nowhere near Freya, you can't like pull that back. You have to like use them during this scene. And so on a seven and nine, it's hold one. And on a hold, you can ask one of the questions, which you will see on the linked resources for the basic moves. Okay. What is being concealed here? So kind of like describe to me how you're doing, like, are you just like staring her down or like, how are you kind of going about this? How do you imagine this happens? I think Linda's trying to play it cool as best she can, because obviously staring directly into someone's eyes is like really unnerving. And she wants to figure out what Freya's not telling them without like spooking her too much. So I think she's just going to lean in towards Freya, like lean on the arm of the couch and put her head on her hand and give her a bit of a look. And that's enough for whatever mechanism Linda has to uh, get into Freya's mind. And I think specifically Linda's sort of looking at the party through Freya's eyes and not necessarily looking for the details, but looking to see what else there is that Freya doesn't want to share. Okay, yeah, totally. Because you rolled an eight, you have your one question, which is what is being concealed here? You delve into her mind, and it's kind of like a foggy, blurry picture. You can definitely make out voices, but they kind of sound like distorted or hollow, like you're hearing them through another room or something like that. You can definitely see that there are people here, but you can't make out their exact faces. You're in Freya's mind, so right now, you're at the party, you see the big tree, and this backyard is massive like the house behind you that leads in the backyard it's a gigantic house the house of a mayor of a town of 7,000 people should not have this grand of a house or like this huge backyard and so you see the big peach tree and beside you is another person they're close enough that you can kind of tell their facial features but it's kind of like when you take a picture of a cat that's moving like you can still tell it's a cat This is a girl who looks to be about the same age as Freya, and she has blonde hair, she's light skin, blue eyes, her hair is like tied back up in like like a braid, and she takes yours slash Freya's hands and like kind of interlaces your fingers, and she gently says, it'll be okay, no one is gonna know about this. And then as you hear those words, you kind of get snapped out of this vision, kind of like Freya can tell that like something was in her head and she's just very alarmed. She just like sits up straight and like looks up at you or Zen and she just stands up and she's like, but that's really all I know. I'm really sorry, Miss Mira. I I gotta go. Um, I have to go. I have to go do something. I I have to. I told I told Leela I'd meet her do homework and then she like runs out the not like runs but like power walks out the door so i'm not sure what linda would do next so i guess she'd look at miriam and say there's something else do you know a blonde girl pale skin blue eyes maybe who's close to freya so miriam looks at you and she looks almost kind of like apologetic she's like Yes, there's quite a few people like that in this town, but as for ones that know Freya, she mentioned she was going to see Leela to help her with homework. Obviously, Freya is lying because she mentioned that school had just finished, but like, for whatever reason, Miriam doesn't seem like bothered by that blatant lie. Like, she seems almost amused by it. Yes, Leela Whitaker, she is the daughter of the mayor. How did you know about this blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl? Well, uh, we all have our own little secrets, don't we? Hmm, yes, I suppose so. 
the next thing that Linda at least would want to know is, is she the one who hosted the party? Uh, most likely. It was probably a coordinated effort between her and her twin brother, Jackson. Hmm. I believe Jack, the mayor, and she says that with a bit of disdain, I believe he was out for the evening and they decided to have a bit of fun. Did you say the mayor's name was Jack? Yes. And his son is Jackson. <laughs> yes. That's a certain type of person, isn't it? It definitely is. <laughs> if you have the misfortune to cross his path, don't believe anything that man says. He is more than what he seems. Mm. And she just seems kind of like definite disdain on her words as she like takes a sip of her wine. Now, when you say he's more than what he seems, do you mean that in a supernatural sense? I cannot tell you. I will be the first to admit I do have some biases against the Whitaker family. He does not like my establishment here. It is not so unexpected that there are certain folks in this town that don't like my establishment, my bar, and the fact that I take in strays. There are some people who are obsessed with pristine, picture-perfect towns. So when you say you can't tell me, is that because you can't or because you don't know? I don't know. All I can tell you is that the Whitakers have been mayors of the town since its inception. Even though there's an election, the Whitakers always win. That seems very suspicious. I can't say whether it's related to magic or supernatural means, but I will say that that man does not like what I do here, and as such, we are at ends. And how would one best gain access to this man's home? Uh, she kind of arches about you, like she is very intrigued by you, Zen. And she kind of like leans closer, like on her knee, swirling the wine in her glass. And I think you'd notice, like, you know, she's got some makeup on, eyeshadow, and a luscious red lipstick. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my curse. There's like a dark lace to cover where that dress wouldn't be covering. So like her sleeves and her shoulder. But then like the dark black fabric is a little bit above her chest. This is all a very intricate way for me to say. You can definitely see like she got boobies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Zen even into boobies? <laughs> Zen is into people. People as like a very general yeah, term. Yeah, just as a concept. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so how, how to break into the mayor's house. As of right now, there isn't really a way to just simply walk up to the mayor's house and investigate if that's what you're thinking. Well, it's a festival, right? I'm sure he's out and about. Well, how does he feel about reporters? We're, um, we're writers for, for a blog. That man certainly has an ego. He is all about presenting this perfect image of himself as a mayor who cares about all his citizens. So I think... Linda looks over at Zen and like raises an eyebrow. She's definitely formulating a plan that if the two of you go up to the manor and you're like, we're here, we're writing about the festival. We want to talk about your festival plan because you've managed to do all of this in a small town. Wow, you must be so great at your job. Tell the people at smalltownfestivals.blogspot.com more than I think that they'll at least be able to get some stuff and they may be able to uh, slip away. Yeah, especially if Linda can keep him busy and Zen can slip away. Okay, so the town is a bit away from the mayor's house. Like, as the mayor is downtown and Linda is interviewing him, Zen wouldn't be able to, like, hoof it up the hill. Like, it would take at least half an hour, I would say. Well, I think Linda was suggesting that we interview him at his home. Yeah, I think that's how we get in, is that we get in the house by interviewing him 
there because it's hard to interview someone on the front step usually they invite you in yeah i mean you can definitely try that and we could ask to see the tree yeah be like we've heard about how important this tree is to the festival show it to us okay so i have one very important question for zen yes does either of us have a camera no do you know how to use a camera what's a camera are you saying this like time in his conversation in front of miriam Yes, I guess we are. <laughs> so she would interject. She would be like, whatever supplies you need, I can procure these items for you. I will give you anything you need to complete your task at hand. So Linda gives Zen a look like, don't fucking, don't do it. I know you're thinking about it. <laughs> keep your lizard tail in your lizard pants for like just a little bit. Yeah, keep your lizard Fresno ghost pants on or whatever. <laughs> Fre- Fresno <laughs> Nightwalkers, that's what they're called. <laughs> I like Fresno Goat's pants better. I think if we're going with the, like, reporter cover, we could believably be, like, Linda as the reporter and Zen as the camera person. Yeah. So I think then I would look at Miriam and be like, well, since you offered, it would be wonderful if you had a camera we could borrow. We'll make much more of a convincing scene if uh, if Zen can just do a little point and shoot. Uh, something simple, maybe, if you have it. <laughs> Of course, dear. I will take a look in my supply room and I'll see what I can find. Is there anything else I could maybe help you with? Do you have anything, Zen? Zen doesn't know what there is in this world. <laughs> Zen's just kind of like, well, I've got everything I need right here. Yeah. Uh, out of character, as a keeper, how are you going to disguise Zen with a big sword and a trench coat going to the mayor's house? She might have to be convinced to, like, leave the sword. But have y'all ever seen photographers? They're weird-looking people. Are they? Well, I think especially, like, news photographers. Like, I think a burly person with, like, a big-ass trench coat isn't gonna be, like, too far. Yeah, they always have their huge vests full of, like, bits of equipment. And they're always, like, massively overdressed. And I think if you have a camera up over your face, it should be... You have fingers, right? So it should be relatively convincing. You have, like, the big Carmen Sandiego hat, right? Yeah. Okay, Miriam would look you up and down, and she'd be like, if you're trying to approach him in his in his home, I think uh, you might need a change in wardrobe. I can definitely help you with that. Linda's eyes lit up, because this is a makeover <laughs> montage, and she is so ready. She watched all those 80s teen movies growing up, and she like is like seconds away from like slamming her hands down on the coffee table and being like, let's do it! Um, but instead, she just kind of is like, oh, absolutely, I- Anything you think would help. And then so I think she would finish the rest of her wine and she would stand up and gesture for you guys to follow her. She would take you downstairs uh, past the bar counter and stuff like that. As you're walking by, you kind of see Tyler and Freya mingling at the counter. Freya kind of like looks at you guys like quick side eye type thing and very nervously looks away. Miriam will probably be like, oh yes, if you need a refill on your drinks, please feel free. Gather any refreshments you'd like. If, if you're famished at all, I can also have the chef cook you up some sweet grass favorites. Oh, I don't think the chef can provide what I'm hungry for. <laughs> Linda just gives you a look like, what the fuck is your problem, Captain Kirk? Keep it on the DL for like 10 minutes. I think Rill would speak up at this point and Rill would be like, uh, is it? Is it because you didn't get a goodie bag this time? Like, don't, like, guilt Linda about it. Like, if you want to, you know, Linda, like, next time I'll cover <laughs> the goodie bag. Uh, I'll even make, like, cookies shaped like uh, a sword. That's what, that's what you want, right? Like, you want a sword cookie? Like, that's... <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think Zen really like understands what's up with her either. Like it's she's she's got this lust curse. <laughs> and it's making her uh real horny, horny and dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'd say himbo, but you're not a him, so I've heard I've heard Shibo and Herbo. I think Herbo. Surely there's not because... a actual word for this already. <laughs> well, but like bimbo implies something very different than what Zen is. Yeah. Yeah, you're just, you're a girl himbo. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. different. Okay. It's yeah. very important. Yeah. This is a joke Gen Z will love. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think Linda like wants to have any extra snacks or drinks right now. Like I think in her heart of hearts, she'd love another margarita, but she also is like, I have to I have to do my job. You know, only one drink at lunch. She's old school that way. I think Miriam might be kind of like, oh, please don't be shy. It, it's getting late anyway. So I don't know if you should be going out tonight anyway. It might be the best time to take in, to partake in what our town has to offer. At the very least, have some peach pie. And so she would kind of by the counter. She gestures at them and is like, we'll be in the basement, dear. Can you bring down some drinks and some peach pie, please? Sounds really good. Me, <laughs> Ziva, thinks that sounds really good. <laughs> Um, did you guys want to do anything else here besides be weird and horny? No, I think we're just going to go downstairs. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so you want to go downstairs and be weird and horny. Cool. All right, so (laughs) Miriam kind of, like, leads you to, like, the back room, and there's, like, a small hallway, and at the side is a stairwell to the basement area, which has, like, a locked door that Miriam has the keys to. She takes you down, and kind of, like, as she does that, she's like, yes, peaches are uh, what our town is famous for. The tree that Freya mentioned, that, that is a peach tree. The peaches we have here are exquisite. And so she takes you downstairs and like kind of completely different from the way the rest of the establishment looks. So when you go downstairs, there's a door. It's kind of like a fancy wooden looking door to match the rest of the establishment. Then you open it and it like leads you through like a stone hallway, kind of like cold and like the back alley of the mall. yeah and so you go down just a little bit and there's another door and this door is like heavy metal looking type door um and she has another key for that and then she takes you in and and this room is almost like a like a bunker type room the walls are like plain kind of like stone concrete it's a pretty big room almost like it kind of defies the space it should be it should not be this big because you guys did not go down this far But when you enter, you see like all kinds of shit. You see like different storage types. You see like weapons hanging off the wall. You see a bunch of clothes racks, I guess. Just kind of like whatever you can think of. There's a lot of stuff in here. As mentioned, big room. (laughs) Yeah, so Miriam would just be like, yes, please feel free to take whatever you'd like. Linda just immediately loses her mind in there. Uh, She goes right over to the rack. She's excitedly flipping through this, that, and the other. And she's trying to think of what a convincing looking reporter would wear. And she's flipping through all sorts of ruffly blouses and sleek color block dresses and other stuff you see on like weather reporters on the news. She's just having a grand old time. This is extremely up her alley. There's a lot of clothes for like all kinds of different styles. Because this is not Earth, I'm just going to say they will match our fashion trends as well. And so it's like 90s to like the 20s kind of styles are on there. And 
you can kind of gather that, you know, she has all these clothes because she's taking care of these, like, not necessarily orphans, but, like, runaways or something that she creates a haven for. So that's why she has, like, all these clothes and stuff. She definitely has clothes for pretty much any size or whatever. Linda appreciates that, too. She's a little on the plusser size, and so... It's nice to get to play with a bunch of clothes and know that they're going to fit, too. So Yes, it's all organized by size. Miriam is a very organized person. <laughs> Linda can appreciate that. She's warming up to Miriam. <laughs> Zen has little to no interest in the clothing slash makeover portion, but might be looking around for potential weapons. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what were you thinking? Oh, she's not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> What were you as Dorka thinking? <laughs> I mean, I don't know either. She, she's got the sword. She's just looking for, like, is there anything cool that I can get my hands on? I mean, yeah, there's tons of stuff. There's, like, guns. There's so many types of swords from, like... You know more about this, you as in Dorka, because you went to that sword class. <laughs> but yeah, like, broadswords, single-handed swords, like, sabers and stuff like that. But, like, also, like, axes... I think since she's kind of been told, like, maybe you should leave the sword and not carry it out and around town with you, I think she's probably looking for something that can be more easily concealed on her person. Um, I'm gonna say the armory is kind of like, you can see it through this general warehouse area, but I think because she wouldn't necessarily want, like, a wall of weapons just hanging by, like, the clothes and the cameras and stuff, because that's just not organized. Uh, <laughs> she probably has it, like, kind of in a side room that you can still see from. Um, there's a door, but it's like, let's say it was open for now. Yeah. And so you guys would, uh, I guess you would go to the armory. Yeah, I think Linda's pretty happy with her, her knife and her shotgun. She's hoping that she's not going to have to fight the bear. That seems like yeah. a bad time. <laughs> Zen is always prepared to fight anyone. Okay. Yeah, uh, I try to think what's a small and concealable weapon that, like, Zen would want. What is Zen's dream weapon here, out of character? Hmm. Like, obviously, correct me, Zen's your character, but I feel like an axe would be a good fit. Those are pretty small. Oh, like a throwing axe? Just like like a regular, like, forest axe. You could, like, strap that to your back under a coat and nobody would know. Or we could introduce her to, like, tasers. She might get a kick out of that. Ooh, she would like a taser. What about pistol? Can I? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Just show her how to use one. Yeah, I guess like knives and like axes is probably the best way. Like instead of kidding her out with one big sword, she could have like a thing of like knives wrapped around her thigh or something like that. You know, when the watch people like open up their trench coats and it's just like lined with watches. Yeah. It's going to be her with daggers. There's going to be like 87 daggers in there. How many knives can I fit in this jacket? <laughs> Yeah, so, so kind of like as you guys split off to find whatever stuff you need. You know, Miriam probably goes off to find this camera, and she probably has stuff from all kinds of times, like decades. But you said something simple. It's just like a Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> probably not like a, a super complicated HDR yeah, type yeah, yeah. of deal. Like more or less like point and shoot. A huge Polaroid is extremely funny. Um, Yeah, so like, you know, kind of like a medium grade camera so yeah she takes one of these and brings it over to linda and like she sets it down besides linda and she's like are you finding everything to your liking is there anything i can help you find linda is 
overjoyed. She's got a pair of super cute heels on. She's got a little like black pencil skirt. She's got like six blouses in her hands. Like they're like overflowing. And she's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm having a great time. Don't you worry about me. Um, she's trying a whole bunch of them on. She's not terribly shy. It's just Zen. And this lady and this lady's paying more attention to Zen. So <laughs> <laughs> I think Mira would be like, oh, dear, you look fantastic. If there's anything you want to keep, please feel free. Anything I have down here can be replaced. And you are doing me quite a big favor here. Linda beams at her and says, oh, thank you so much. And uh, just keeps trying stuff on. Linda's not going to be taking any. Maybe a pair of shoes. But she's like, <laughs> you know, she's not from here. She's not even sure what's going to make it back. She hopes the shoes will, though, because they're really cute and sensible. Good mix. What color are the shoes? They are like yellow. They look like fucking Minnie Mouse shoes. Oh my but, gosh. That's, so um, that's exactly Linda's style. She's pumped. She loves some brightly colored, sensible high heels. Uh, Miriam would be like, feel free. There is a small fitting closet that you can try your clothes on if you'd like. Just please call if you need anything. So she'd make her way over to where Zen is at the armory. Uh, what are you doing, Zen? Filling my coat with knives. <laughs> okay, but how are you doing this? Like, do you just have knife pockets in like knife holders in like your trench coat? Probably. She didn't choose this outfit. The outfit chose her. <laughs> Okay, so I think before Mira made her way over to you, how tall is Zen right now? Because she's usually like seven feet something, she's, right? She's about six in this form. So she kind of goes to like the long sizes of the clothing area. and Big and tall. Yeah, big and tall. I mean, it's not called big and tall when it's for like women, though, is it? No, women aren't allowed to be big and tall. They're all <laughs> goddess size. <laughs> yeah, I think I know for like pants, it's called like long or something. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> It's it's stupid and sexist. That's my rant for the day. Back to horny lizards. Um, <laughs> so she'd pick out like a few things like very similar to the outfit you're wearing, but maybe like a little bit more stylish and fitted and like a hat that doesn't make you look like a drug dealer. <laughs> she just turns me into actual Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Carmen Sandiego, what was she made? Because like her, her trench coat is, uh, hmm. I don't know anything about fashion. Don't ask me for <laughs> it looks good, I guess. But yeah, she'd go to the armory and then she would kind of like check up on you and be like, uh, yes, are you finding everything to your liking? Well, yes, very much so. She definitely, she has one arm full of like coats and whatever. And then her other hand is like on your arm. Oh, Xen would be like, if we're not going to be able to really get started until tomorrow, we'll need a place to stay tonight. I wonder if you have any suggestions. Oh, of course. You, you can stay upstairs. I have extra bedrooms for guests. All my children, we have a separate house on the premises where they live at. That sounds just fine to me. Um, out of character. I just want to approach this. <laughs> she is definitely hitting on Zen. <laughs> is it okay if they do stuff? <laughs> um... Yeah, like, that's literally, that's the pure drive curse, is, like, okay. if she has an opportunity to act on something, like, she has to. Or I can roll cool to, like, try and resist it, but my cool is bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I know you picked lust, but I just want to make sure we're all comfortable here. Yeah. But, yeah, so she would be, like, um, how do I say this? I've, I've never had to do this in real life. <laughs> Uh, she would say, I think it'd be better if you had a change of clothes to, um, fit in a little, I think you'd look better with something maybe a little more updated and, and stylish. And then she would, like, hold out the coat she has in her arm and, like, pull it out and kind of, like, hold it up to Zen and be like, how do you feel about this coat? 
she'll say, well, I defer to your better judgment. Is she just wearing a coat or is she, does she have like clothes, like shirts and stuff? Yeah, on? she's got, she's got stuff on underneath it. Probably like some big ass jeans and like a sweater. She, she's got some layers. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to role play this out any further. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. Neither do I. Okay. Yes. So do you want to fuck in the armory or do you, <laughs> do you want to resist? Um, <laughs> I think in this case, I'll try to resist. Really? Okay. I think the responsible instinct would be to, like, make arrangements for later. Okay, but is Zen responsible? <laughs> I think this one will try to resist. Okay. Give me an actor to pressure roll. Oh, boy. What'd you get? I rolled a five, and <laughs> oh, that's minus one. Oh, boy. So four. Uh, yes, so you fail. So I guess we're getting down to business. <laughs> Uh, I would like to point out at this point that when it starts, like not when it's all in the midst, but right when it kicks off, Linda comes in to tell you the pie is ready and uh, she immediately (laughs) turns around and leaves. She comes in like this, oh, and she's out of there. She's going to let you do your thing. None of her business. Whoopsie, that's on her. Kind of as they kind of get going, Miriam does reveal to Zen that she has pointy vampire teeth. Oh boy. Um, Oh no. I mean, she's not like a bad vampire, but like she is going to like, if you allow it, drink your blood. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think that's okay. Okay, cool. Um, But I will say because of vampire fuckery uh, and the blood drinking, you are probably not under any kind of like permanent like effect. It's just like that vampires can kind of charm people. Uh, Yeah, she does that to like enhance your experience. Oh, good. So totally consensual here. Just want to disclaimer that. And so, Linda, are you just, like, sitting, like, in a chair eating pie a la mode with, like, your margarita? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what Linda's doing. I feel like uh, she found some books somewhere, so she's, like, reading a book, Uh, she's having her pie, since this is kind of all she can do, she finds a pair of comfy jammies in the racks of clothes, so she's, like, in, like, sleepover mode. She's got her pie, she's got her book. When Zen comes out, she's gonna get the hot goss when they, like, go to bed for the night she's excited for her friend uh even if she's like that's not really what we're here for but you know oh well so yeah linda's just chilling she's just she's <laughs> so, down or whatever i don't know that's always like my go-to linda's reading watership down uh is that like a really sad book yes Ah, <laughs> uh, there's parts that are sad but it's also a very good book it's real good i recommend it it's like redwall for adults <laughs> all right so while uh zen and miriam are um getting frisky in the armory you, as you're like, kind of like just by yourself in this in this basement. It's small at first, but you kind of feel like you kind of think back on that conversation with Freya and like what you saw, and kind of like how nervous and skittish she was, and just how easy it was to see through her lies. You kind of feel a little bad, like. You kind of feel like you maybe you cornered this poor girl who possibly witnessed something occurring at this party. Is she still around somewhere? Um, you saw her upstairs in the bar area. Then I think I would probably leave my margarita, my pie downstairs, and my book, and like tiptoe up the stairs in my gym jams and see if Freya is still around somewhere. So actually, both of you can mark an experience because Zen, you failed. <laughs> and then Linda, you followed that guilty feeling for your dark side. Oh, yeah. If you do whatever's asked. Mark experience. There wasn't anything specific asked, but like that kind of... Yeah, nagging guilt. So yeah, you go back upstairs and... 
Freya's clean up the counter, Tyler and that woman are gone now, and then the guy who brought you the pie and, and the drinks and stuff, he's at the counter as well. So I would walk up to Freya, I'd probably pass the bartender and say, oh, thank you so much for the pie, it is wonderful. And I think she'd probably do like the slip a little dollar bill across the counter and wink again. And so then I think she'd go up to Freya and sit down next to her and try to like have a really like open posture and something like non-threatening and friendly. And uh, I think she'd say, Freya, can we talk for a second? Freya would jump out of her skin and she's like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I Oh, it's all, it's all right. I, I think I maybe made you a little uncomfortable earlier, and I just wanted to apologize. And um... I, no, I mean, you know, it's whatever. It's fine. It's, it's okay. I, uh, I don't know if I should. We should be talking here. Linda would put her hand on Freya's arm and say, "Look, I remember being your age, and I know how hard it is to be a kid these days. And I just wanted to say that I'm sorry we had so many questions for you about the party. I, I didn't mean." make you uncomfortable or feel like you were putting your friends in a bad spot or or pry i mean did you were just asking questions like that i guess that's you know that's what you were there for um like if it's what miss miss miriam wants then you can you can ask whatever questions you want but i i mean like i really i don't really know anything else so i uh yeah freya just just between us girls is there someone that you're trying to protect? I, I don't want to put you in a bad spot, but I'm really worried about these kids. I, I really want to see if we can do anything to find them. I feel like that might be manipulate someone. I think so, yeah. Go ahead and uh, give me a roll. My charm is plus two, and I rolled a four. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, so a six. So she clamps up. Don't forget to mark experience. Oh yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> I just, I just straight up fucked it up. You just, yeah, fail. Okay, yeah. And she's kind of already on a defensive. Like she doesn't know that you read her mind necessarily. Like she's not like, oh, you're like a psychic. But she knows that you definitely have a suspicion of her, especially with the question you just asked. Yeah. And so she's already in defensive, and she's like, no, why would you say that? Like, I mean, there's why? Why would you think that? I just remember when I was your age, I would have done anything for my friends. They were my whole world, and keeping them my friends was my whole world and fitting in was my whole world that's all i'm sorry i'm uh, i think i'm just maybe projecting a little bit and i think at that point linda would kind of step off like if freya has something to volunteer linda wants to listen but she can definitely sense that she's making freya uncomfortable and she doesn't want to like push to the point where she's like really upsetting her and she doesn't want to use her powers right now because uh she still feels guilty about probing yeah, Freya definitely comes up and she's just like kind of like darting her eyes and she's like, uh, no, I mean, no, no, you're fine. I just, uh, I, I really got to go. Um, and then she darts off into the back room where the employees go and you see her kind of like pull up a phone as she does so to like check the screen for something. So I think Linda would shout a little, okay, thank you. Stay safe after her. But then I also think one of the things that Linda can do is she gets hunches and with Freya, like, frantically communicating with someone, I'm worried that something is about to happen. So I get hunches when something bad is happening somewhere that you aren't. Can I try that? Is something bad happening or just about to happen somewhere where I am not? No. Okay, then never mind. So when it does, I will roll for that. Yeah. Then I think if that's the case and Freya's looking really nervous and she wasn't, like, 
chatting with anyone like there's not like there's like a friend up here that she was chatting with right yeah there's no one here okay then i think that linda would probably just cut her losses and go back downstairs with her pie and her margarita and be like well that's that maybe find another book instead of watership down maybe like an agatha christie or a detective novel of some kind more more stephen king (laughs) um yeah zen fast forward a bit however long you guys are there so it's probably not super late because when you guys just got there it was just sunset but it's sunset in midsummer. That's like nine o'clock. That's not nine o'clock, is it? Sometimes the sun sets at like nine. So it's not super late, though. The summer solstice is at the end of the week. I'm pretty sure they mentioned that. So the sun is lasting longer. I'd say it's around eight when the sun set. You guys were maybe down like nine-ish. Um, maybe you get out at around 9.30 or 10-ish. So it's like not late, late. It's not early. Miriam has probably told both of you that she owns another property called the Salt Rim, which is like right next door. That is like kind of like a club, but it's for like a younger crowd, you know, for people who want like a very lively place to hang out. And then there's the house that her kids live in. All that is on the same block. She owns that property specifically. Where is my gut telling me to go right now? Okay, you want to do trust your gut? Yeah. So I rolled a eight and I get to add three to that. So that's 11. Zen, you've kind of had your lust sated. So I don't think that's like a primary concern right now. Trying to think about where your instinct would take you with the information you know. Tell me, what kind of hunches does Zen have right now? She doesn't really know what a car is, but the part about like they were last seen like in this car that has disappeared. Well, did Mm -hmm. the car disappear or is it known where the car is? Oh, the car is still there. It was left on the side of the road. Yeah, I think that is kind of what she's been thinking of. Okay, definitely. I think because you rolled an 11. Yeah. So I'd say your instincts, your gut are definitely kind of pushing you towards that area. Whether that's the forest slash road slash mayor house, it's pushing you towards that part of town. All right. So I think she would find Linda and be like, hey, I think this is something we should follow up on. At that point, I think Linda would like get up and wrap a coat around her gym jams and grab a flashlight and her knife and be like, let's do it. I guess you guys would head towards that area of town. You're in downtown right now. And even though it's like a small town, there there are like some people walking through town. There's still some people like hanging out, uh, maybe like street performers and stuff like that. Also a lot of tourists, a lot of people come from out of town. So even though generally there's 7,000 people in Sweetgrass, there's probably a, a little bit more with everyone that's like coming out of town to celebrate. I guess are you guys just going like straight shot there or are you gonna take a look at any of those surroundings? I don't know, Zen. What do you think? Like, I think we're noticing things, but I wasn't planning on doing a ton of investigating. Yeah, Zen is kind of easily distracted, but (laughs) she's got this feeling and she's following that mostly. So you guys start walking towards the mayor's house. It's maybe like a 10, 15 minute walk to kind of get to the edge where the hill meets where downtown stops. And it's just like a one lane road. So it's not like you can really get lost. There's also like sidewalks. Is there a particular way you want to go about this? Are you guys going to go straight for the mayor's house or are you going to go for the car? Let's go for the car, I think. So yeah, you guys walk to the car. It's pretty peaceful night. 
there's lots of like forest and wood area like on this hill like this single road is like the only constructed part of this hill and you can see in the distance a few miles up is the mayor's house and as i mentioned to linda during her uh, mind reading uh this house is huge it's like a mansion and from what you know like it's not like he has a big family like all you've heard is that he has twins and possibly a wife he just has a big fuck house that his family has lived in for generations, apparently. Yes, for, yes, hundreds of years. So yeah, so you go up, there's like fireflies, there's kind of like a night breeze. The sky is super clear in Sweetgrass, so you can see like all the stars and stuff like that. Eventually you get to the car. There's like some police tape around it probably, but like Sweetgrass is like a very small town. Like the cops aren't suspecting someone's gonna like take the car and like drive off or anything like that. So it's not like there's anyone patrolling it or anything. And also like, it's not like this is a nice fancy car. It's just kind of a generic four door, um, looks a little bit old. Definitely of things to note, there aren't footsteps in like the dirt or anything like that. It doesn't look like anyone like left. Another thing is the car is like parked on the side of the road. So it's not like something happened and he swerved into the shoulder. So the car was intentionally placed. Yes. So they weren't like raptured. No. Okay. So I think the first thing to do is to take my big old flashlight and start shining it in the windows and checking it out. Zed will open the door. Don't touch it yet. We have to not Zen's get our fingerprints it. on. Uh. <laughs> the door's open. It's unlocked. Okay. She's wearing gloves. So no okay, no, then it's fine. Then Linda doesn't uh at her. Yeah, so you see it looks like a high schooler's car. <laughs> like there's a bunch of crap in the back, papers, some clothes empty energy drink cans, empty bottles of like protein shakes and stuff like that. And you can still see there's the keys are still in there. And also you see a small clutch purse on the floor. Well, I'll open that too. Okay. So you look through it. There's not much. There's like, you know, lipstick, uh, pads, uh, <laughs> or tampons, whatever she wants to use. <laughs> Menstrual cup. You know what? Maybe she has all three. Uh, this, this girl is ready for herself and her gals. And then, of course, there's like a little, not like a wallet, but like a little, I just don't know the words for normal people things. Like, it's like, uh, like an ID card thing, but you, oh, there's yeah. also like a little pocket for money. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the- I think that's just a wallet. No, it's not a wa- wallet you have to like open. It's like an ID holder. Yeah. But there's like a slit for like- For like your like couple of credit cards. So you see in this purse, the ID says Betsy Plume. It has like her address, her picture on it. And as you know, Betsy Plume and the boy who's driving the car is Mark Hammer. They left a party together and when they were driving down, they disappeared. I'm trying to decide what to look at next. I'm going to look in the glove box to see if there's anything weird in there. Oh uh, yeah, you look in the glove box, there's just papers, like car insurance papers, the uh, car manual. Regular, normal, good decision papers. Yes. And so from here, we can see the mayor's house? Yeah, because it's like way up on the hill. Okay. Um, Kind of like overlooking the town. Can we also see the town from here, or are we kind of more out of the way? You can probably see like the edge of town. Like some lights and stuff? Yeah. It's not like you can overlook the entire town, but you can definitely see like kind of before the horizon cuts it off. As you guys look around, there's like nowhere really else they could go. There's like the forest and stuff. There is a lot of forest. So I think it might be worth it to just like walk around the forest a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah, sure. So you guys just kind of like go into the forest from where the like off the side of the car? Yeah. Yeah. 
something brought Zen out here, so... Yeah, sure. So, you guys explore the forest. Do you try to, like, do any tracking or keep your eyes out for anything in particular? Yeah, I feel like I'm looking for maybe footprints or scraps of clothing or maybe, like, weird Blair Witch-style branch structures. Like, anything out of place or, you know, mostly anything out of place. I think Zen is specifically looking for movement. Okay, yeah, definitely. One of you roll an investigate a mystery roll, and I guess one of you can roll a help out if you want to. <laughs> I have a minus one sharp. I have zero sharp, but so I'll, I'll investigate and you can help. I'll help out. Okay, I rolled a seven. I also rolled a seven. All right, so you guys get, both get mixed successes. So for the audience, for help out on a seven and nine, your help grants them plus one to their roll, but you also expose yourself to trouble or danger. And in investigate a mystery, as before, you get one question. I guess, what happened here? So, what happened here? Okay, so as you guys are looking for any weird shit, any, like, footprints, stuff like that, it's nothing obvious, but, like, you guys, well, Zen at least probably has lived out in the wilderness a bit, and maybe has a bit of tracking skill, right? Like, yeah, she's, like, kind of done this sort of stuff in her fantasy D&D world, right? Right. Linda was a Girl Scout, so she maybe knows a little bit about the woods. Okay, yeah, no, definitely, totally. So you both are in the lookout. You're both a kind of nature inclined. It's weird, but kind of as you, like, look forward, it looked random at first, like, normal grass and forest, but then it started, like, it's like there's a pattern, like, it, there's a path. Zen, that's what you see. You see this kind of very vague, grassy path. Like when you're walking through the woods and you can kind of see that people's feet have gone this way a bunch of times. Yeah, but instead of, like, footprints, it's, like, grass. Linda, do you like flowers, Linda? Yes. Okay, you're kind of, like, looking at... There's, like, you know, little sprouted flowers at the base of the trees and whatnot, and you're kind of taking a look at them, and you kneel down to look at this one flower, because it looks kind of particular. Peculiar? Both, actually. And when you try to pick it up or, like, touch the stem, it reacts. Oh. Like, it kind of jumps back. Like, it kind of sucks away from you. Oh. And gets sucked back into the dirt. That's extremely spooky. They don't normally do that. <laughs> this is not a traditional flower. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should follow the path. I think so, too. Something about this is not right. So as you guys are walking, you just follow the path. You kind of see more of these flowers. Like, you kind of notice more flowers at the base of the trees. But they just look like normal-ass flowers. It's still quiet. You hear some chirps of bugs or crickets. But as opposed to the kind of the peaceful walk up the hill where you could like see the stars and stuff like that, it's kind of like the trees are almost like covering the sky. It's almost like it's getting darker a little bit and there's an unsettling feeling from this place. Linda walks a lot closer to Zen. She knows that if uh something's not right, that Zen's gonna have to be the one to uh, fight them out. She can hold her own, but she feels a lot better being close to the enormous warrior princess lizard. I want to read a bad situation. Okay, how specifically are you doing that? Because you're like kind of scared and standing next to Zen, right? I'm scared and standing next to Zen, but because of that, I'm like hyper aware of what's going on. So I'm looking around with my most critical eyes trying to notice what specifically is giving me the bad feeling. Like, I can tell it's getting dark, but, like, are the trees moving on their own? Is there something behind us? Are we being watched? Go ahead and make me roll. Okay. I rolled nine minus one. That's an eight. So you get a hold one, and you can ask me one question from the list of the read a bad situation. 
Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Yes. Uh, so as you're walking, you're kind of like looking up at the trees. You're looking around. It, it's almost like this this forest is growing taller, which is super weird. But as you look back, you see movement in the shadows. And we didn't even bring any cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any cookies for wild animals this time. As you like keep an eye out for that movement, it's the trees. There's something reaching out from the trees, and they're coming closer to you. It's not Fresno Nightcrawlers, is it? <laughs> no, it's not the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Oh, They're not that cute. <laughs> I want to, like, take one of the knives out of my coat and just throw it at the movement. Okay. Describe to me how you throw it. It's a very quick movement. She just reaches into her coat and chucks it at whatever she sees moving. Do you do a cool flourish or anything? Probably not. You're just, like, utilitarian, like... Yeah. Okay. One quick movement, you, like, pull up the dagger, and you flick up a wrist, like, launch that thing across the distance, and with, like, a sharp impact, you hear something get pierced, and you hear it land against, like, the trunk of a tree. It's, like, an impact into wood? Yes. Do you go closer to it to, like, see what it is? The way I'm thinking about it is, if my knife hit wood, then I, I, I might have missed... So no, you hear it pierce something, but then you hear it hit a tree. So like it like pinned the thing against. Oh, a tree. okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell Linda to get her weapon ready, and Linda is gonna pull out her knife that she brought with her, and Zen is also going to have another knife on hand and approach whatever is out there. Do you still have that flashlight? Yes. So I'm gonna shine it at whatever you just hit. Okay. It it's a vine. It's like a super thick, very. Th- thorny vine and it's wiggling oh like it's trying to like escape this knife linda definitely shrieks a little bit she's definitely spooked this is officially too much for her what zen would do would be like rush forward grab onto the knife that's stuck into the tree and like hold it there and then she's gonna use her other knife to try and saw off a portion of this vine okay then take that portion and get the hell out for this, I am going to make you roll an act under pressure. Okay. All right, so I rolled a nine minus one, so that's eight. Okay, so as you're doing this, you run forward, hold onto the knife, and you're, like, trying to cut this like a like a steak. Yeah. As you do this, this vine is, like, part of the forest. Like, you can't tell where it comes from. And honestly, you can't tell how many vines there are. So as you run up and do this, you definitely get the sense. Like, you're already aware there's a flashlight shining around your area. You see more vines creeping forward through that grassy path. You can kind of see a couple vines slithering towards you right now. And you can feel it kind of like tickling against your boot. Zen turned around to throw or throw a dagger at the vine behind you guys and then ran forward to cut it off from the tree, right? Yeah. So Linda's still like deeper in the woods than Zen is right now. So a thick, strong vine like wraps around Linda's shoulders. Oh no. And is like beginning to pull her back. Zen, please come help me. Zen will leave the vine and go over Linda and just grab her and wrench her away from the vines. Okay, these vines are pretty strong, definitely stronger than any plant should be, and they're like weirdly super thick uh, with like five C's, uh, but you still manage, you're, you're very strong. 
And so I think when I grab Linda, I just kind of like, I want to get the hell out of here and I'm going to pull her along with me. And I am 100% okay with that. I want out away from the creepy trees. Uh, So yeah, you do manage to pull her away from the vines. They kind of let go before you're able to like snap them. But I will say that you take a little bit of harm, not like big harm, but because these vines were thorny, you probably get some cuts as you try to leave. Okay, how much harm? Zero. That's just his flavor right now, because you didn't like fail or anything, or else I probably would have given you damage. Okay. Cosmetic harm, emotional harm, trauma. (laughs) So do you guys just like turn around and run straight backwards, like where the car was? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask both of you to give me an act under pressure then, because right now there's like vines chasing you. It's almost like the the forest is closing in on you. Alright, I got a two. Oh boy. I got a nine. I'm marking experience for that. Yes. You guys made this easy for me. So you guys are running. Zen, you're a pretty big target, and these vines whip out at you. They grab you, like each of your limbs, they grab around your torso, and they just start like dragging you back into the forest. And Linda, kind of because Zen was sort of in their way, you managed to slip away. So you can keep going and probably be able to get out, but Zen is very quickly being dragged towards where you guys were headed. I want to use my tune in skill, which will let me attune my mind to a monster or minion. I'm guessing these vines are a minion. So I get to roll plus weird, which for me is a plus two. And I rolled a four and that's a six. So I mark experience and that does fucking nothing. The monster becomes aware of me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You try to tune in this monster. You try to like get into its head and like figure out what's going on. Uh, This is all happening, like, split second, like, shot by shot by shot. Zen is being dragged away. You whip around to see what's going on, what can you do to stop it, and you aren't able to manifest your powers. And so, instead of, like, getting a clear answer to what the monster wants, you're just, like, suddenly amped up from adrenaline, maybe? You don't know, like, it's like all your nerves are on fire, your your mind is racing, and you're, you're just, like, filled with sudden dread, where it's like, if you don't run right now, the vines are gonna get you. The vines are everywhere, the trees are everywhere, they're gonna come after you, and you don't know what's gonna happen, like, you have no idea what your fate's gonna be if these vines lay a hand on you. They were able to drag Zen away, like, for sure they're gonna be able to take you away, like, like, what are you supposed to do? Oh boy. For that specifically, I was kind of, like, trying to enact the, uh, paranoia thing, because I'm gonna say, like, for this, it says it limits your powers to the end of the mystery. I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh For the listeners, you're technically supposed to do that. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I will say, for now, you maybe don't have access to your spooky powers, if that's okay. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a ton of sense that, like, I just had a brain blast, so I'm not gonna want to get in anybody's head for a little bit. Yeah. I have my natural attacks, so I think I'm like slashing with my claws and biting with my teeth and basically just raising hell. Yeah, totally. Because I imagine you are fighting this as soon as you're grabbed, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so go ahead and roll a kick some ass for me. All right. I rolled a 10 plus 2, so that's a 12. Holy shit. All right, so when you get a 10 plus, you can choose an additional effect. So which one do you choose? I think you force them where you want them, which is off of me. (laughs) And also, if it matters, my teeth do three harm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating vegetarian tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you weren't before. I mean, just kidding. (laughs) Um, All right, so yeah. You, like, rip into these vines. 
with your claws and I guess describe to me like because you have vines across like your waist and your two arms right now yeah and they're like pulling you back so how do you how do you go about this well I think she's strong she's angry she's clawing with her claws but she's also like lifting the vines up to her face so that she can bite them and anytime she manages to bite through something she's just like throwing it away from her so uh you're definitely doing enough damage with like your bite and your claws to like break these vines when you do it's it's like they almost like reel back like in pain yeah they better be in pain (laughs) and they retract like broken vines like retract and you bite off the one that's on your arm then with your free arm you like slash and you like yank yourself free from the one around your waist i will say with that struggle uh zen you manage to break off the vines before they do any harm to you but like as i mentioned they're like spiky so you probably took one harm from that they kind of like cut into graze your skin and stuff like that okay well i'm gonna do my unquenchable vitality then so i'm rolling cool okay Nine minus one, so I got an eight. So that means I heal one harm. Okay, then, yeah. Describe how this looks, I guess. Like, all these, like, cuts and scratches against... Well, I think my trench coat is kind of torn to hell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think I was probably wearing enough layers that that's why I didn't really suffer more than that. The cuts that are visible, do they just, like, just close back up or, like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. And as you're doing this, Linda, against her kind of judgment, do you have a specific, like, what is this voice? Is it just kind of like... For, like, hunches? No, no, like, like the negative tags. Like, is oh. that just, like, the dark side of Linda, yeah, I guess? Yeah, it's just, it's just bad Linda. Okay, so yeah, like, against your instincts, that kind of darker side of you, you resist and you run forward. And I'm just going to say you're just going to, like, with a knife, not chop off, but, like, fending off these other vines that are trying to come at you. And then what do you guys do next? Like, these vines are still coming at you. Run. Yeah. So you guys run. Vines are still coming at you. But as you start running forward, the trees almost start dissipating a little bit like the tree line you start seeing the sky and the stars and stuff like that and then as you keep going eventually you reach the car are the vines still following us if we look back no they're gone uh what do you guys do now i think there's something in those woods that we're going to need to figure out but i think for now we should probably go back and rest and strategize because it's been a rough night i'd say your gut is still kind of like going off it's kind of like if you have a metal detector, it'll be like, beep, yeah. Beep. But then, like, once you're in kind of that area, so it's like, beep, 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 beep. yeah. And you can't, like, exactly tell where it is, but it's like, it's kind of like you're moving to the left, to the right, but it's it's still kind of beeping equally. That's kind of what's going on with your trust your gut. Like, obviously, there's something in the woods, but there's definitely still something up at the mayor's house. Okay. But it is late, and we have a plan to get in there. And so I think I'm okay with resting up and proceeding with the plan. Okay. And at least now we have a little bit more of an idea of what we're up against. Yeah, I definitely think we have a better plan. Okay, yeah. Go uh, Yeah. Go ahead and I guess go back to town and rest up. Yeah. All right. You know what? After all that, I couldn't really interject with what like Rill was doing because obviously I was narrating the vines trying to eat you guys. But I think they were probably like freaking out so just like while all this was happening with the vines like trying to grab you real was probably like oh fuck oh oh are you guys okay like is there oh god they don't know they're like panicking and then when <laughs> it kind of like calms down they're like what the fuck what was that 
Is that normal? Your guess is as good as ours. I don't know what that was, but but don't worry about us. Don't worry about us, dear. We're hanging in there. We're we're tough broads. You can hear furious like page flipping. They're just like I I don't see anything about uh weird fucked up plants and and why this is is there a way i could like go down there like i feel like i i need to be there to help you guys because uh uh, you i you just stay up there and pull us out if we get in too deep we got this those are some scary plants but we're scarier probably i think what do they taste like what do they taste like yeah i had them in my mouth uh probably like a nasty brussels sprout uh kind of like peaches actually Oh, that's information. Rill is just like very dejected. I don't know. They probably feel a little guilty about what's going on, but they kind of just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and yeah. Linda makes a mental note that when she gets back to the library, she's going to really encourage Rill and be like, it's okay. You did great. We survived. And just make sure that Rill's okay. She's worried about her little baby bird. Oh. Okay, but what if you guys don't survive? Well, if we don't survive, we just pull back, right? We don't, we don't like, die, die. The podcast is over. <laughs> well, that was short. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys do now? Well, I think we want to head back. Yeah. Linda wants to head back and take, like, a nice hot shower. And earlier she was, like, all on Team Slumber Party. <laughs> and now she's like, I kind of just want to go to bed. This is pretty traumatizing for Linda, honestly. Uh, the D&D stuff didn't bother her because she was, like, fighting people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But big supernatural monster scares the shit out of her. So so she kind of just wants to like go back and take a nice shower and like disassociate for a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Totally valid. Yeah, probably like an hour and a half or two hours have passed since you like left, right? Sounds about right. That seems about right. Okay, it's probably about midnight. The downtown area, like what few people there were left milling about partying on the streets, at least it's probably cleared out. But the bars and the clubs and stuff like that still have a few people in there. Kind of when you approach the Midnight Velvet, there doesn't seem to be too many people there. It gets steady enough business, but like based on what Miriam has told you, the library kind of like finances it. So it's not like they need a ton of business, but uh, the salt room, which is right next door, that one you can hear like the thud of music and the back area is like a, a little patio where people kind of like hang around and, and chat and stuff like that. And vape. I was about to say, are they vaping out there? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, There's probably even like a hookah room in there. I don't know. Let's say yes. This bar is really awesome for like a town of 7,000 people. (laughs) Yeah, so you guys, I guess, go back to the Midnight Velvet. Miriam is probably attending the counter, just kind of like milling about. She's busy running her business. (laughs) It doesn't look like there's any other workers there. And I guess she would see you guys kind of like must up and she'd kind of like pull away from her customers and like excuse herself and then walk towards you guys and just be like did something happen plants plants happened first of all i would like to apologize for what i've done oh, to your trench coat no don't are you you two look uh, a bit of a mess it was plants it was plants i'm sorry i don't yes quite understand what you mean plants happened plants tried to tried to eat us i plants happened plants well she she's right <laughs> thanks for the backup i'm here for you <laughs> miriam is just like looking between the two of you kind of like dumbfounded where did you two go into the woods and there were these vines and they happened i vines tried to eat us i i don't know zen what happened 
Yeah, I'm just going to back Linda up on that. I'm going to tell her what happened, that we'd gone down to the car, and just sort of give her a summary of our investigation. Oh, that is definitely peculiar. That's not something that is normal around here. So plants don't usually try to eat tourists? No, no, not not at all. Do you have like like a, a cup of warm milk or some Valium or something that I could have? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Why don't you two head upstairs and make yourselves at home and I, I'll go ahead and send you up some... Uh... Some Valium. Yes. Warm milk with Valium. Yes, 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 definitely. I, I'm glad the two of you made it back safe. And she just kind of like looks concerned as she furrows her brow, like she's thinking about something else. As you two go up, she might kind of like call up to you like, oh, um, you wouldn't happen to have seen where Tyler went off to, did you? No, nope. he was he was talking with a girl earlier, but no, I don't remember. She kind of nods and just kind of takes it in stride, but I mean, it's pretty obvious to tell she's kind of like worried about kind of like she calls them her kids. Like we don't know how old she is and it's not like these they're obviously at least 18 because they're working at the bar, but obviously she's kind of like worried. Uh, on top of what you guys told her about the vines. But yeah, she just kind of nods and then goes back to the like kitchen to get you a, a warm cup of Valium milk. Thank you. Linda <laughs> will greatly appreciate it. I think at this point also from her brain blast and her paranoia, she's got a splitting headache. So not like she's taking harm. She's just having a bad time. This is not Linda's scene. <laughs> So I'll leave this up to you guys. Do you guys want to be in one room with like two beds or do you want to be in separate rooms? I guess we could be in, I don't know. What do you think, Zen? I think Linda probably would want uh Yeah, I think Linda was set on the sleepover earlier. Okay. So I think probably one room with two beds has been arranged. I also think she's extra glad now because now she's like very scared of plants. This is why she doesn't like a ton of supernatural stuff is not only because she read Stephen King uh, when she was a teen, but also because she can't get this stuff out of her head. She just got attacked by vines and now she's got to like worry about like the tulips on her bedside table in the library. Like this stuff kind of freaks her out. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Rill doesn't say anything, but you can definitely tell there's a hint of like poutiness because they also want to be a part of the sleepover <laughs> Aww. I, linda wishes rill was there well i don't think it's going to be much of a sleepover because i think as soon as Anne gets up there and like wriggles out of that trench coat she's gonna be asleep yeah linda was mostly joking about the valium but uh as soon as she gets that she's just gonna gulp it down and be like thank god and go to sleep <laughs> she's uh she's a mess tonight that is Rill's ideal sleepover. They don't want to socialize. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So you get your warm cup of milk. She does. Uh, what is it? Ambien that like puts you to sleep. <laughs> oh, Ambien that like gives you like the weird dreams, and you like get on Reddit, and you're like, I love wife, <laughs> and then you pass out. That no, that's that's what happens when you take the Ambien before you pass out. Not you wake up and you write that. Okay. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, she'd give you your choice of drug with milk. And yeah, just kind of be like, you know, if you guys need anything, just let her know. She'll be downstairs. It's kind of unusual for like a bar or something to be like open 24 hours in this town because it's so small and they're not going to get business. But because hers is kind of like an outpost for like the supernatural, she does sort of like unofficially keep it open 24 hours. And plus she's up all night anyway. So but yeah. Right before Linda goes to sleep, she starts sort of murmuring to see if if Zen's awake. Like Zen, Zen, are you are you no, awake? No, she's gone. Okay, 
Uh, Linda has a theory, but she'll wait till the morning to tell you. Okay. Real wants to know the theory. <laughs> I guess Real chimes in and she's like, Real, I think that big tree, something's wrong with it. And they fed those kids to that tree. And that's like her last thought. She's like, out like a light, no follow-up questions. Linda. Linda. Uh, oh, God. I mean, like, that. Uh, that's pretty fucked. Okay, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on the Eternity Archives. I think that there's something up with that tree and that uh, those kids were fed to it. That tree ain't right. Linda's immediately creeped out. It's officially gotten a little too bigger, man, for her. Do you know what's going on? I'm going to be honest. I don't believe that you guys are bloggers. If I do my telepathy, I can manipulate someone without speaking. We want to see the tree. I'll help you. As much as I can, but you have to promise me that you're going to try to find Betsy and Mark. While Linda and Leela are talking, um, Zen will try to just, like, slip off. How can I attract its attention? Uh, you already have. All of a sudden, blaring alarms in your mind. It's like the tree is screaming. You latched on something. You, this is kind of a big break for you. What kind of ritual did you do from that book? What book? What are you, what are you talking about? And if you can tell us what happened here, we may be able to find whatever it was that took your friends, and we may even be able to get them back. The remnants of the fear and rage of the last war still stalk the world, waiting to tear humanity to shreds. Noble demons lurk at the world's margins, sure of their power and heedless of the lives they crush. Enormous automatic siege weapons lie sleeping under the placid fields of a melted world, ready to spring to life and programmed to kill. But don't worry, we're here with you. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. Join Cobb, Tissa, and Penelope as they navigate the dangerous world of Melta, discover the secrets of its past, and most importantly, look out for each other. I'm Kat, your host, your king and the game designer behind this actual playtest campaign. And I'm thrilled to meet you. I'm Kathleen, producer, composer, and the one who puts the show together. Join us every week at peachgardengames.com to hear the fruits of... My game design. And my sound design. Sort of symphonies. Together, we can survive. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Kite, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful Monster of the Week resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay! Roll dice! An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.